Keys with it, man! Whoa! He's gone to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. Rubbed his bitchy nose. <laughs> yeah. What about to McCullum? Shane? He might be trying to shake the sweet one after that first one. I might try and slide one in there. Fast. Yeah! Well, you yeah, called it. Let's run out. Let's run out. Let's come on, Sam. Yeah, no, he's going. Sometimes. You'll never see that again. Yeah, you think you've seen it all, don't you? Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook BBL Podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm your host, Tim Williams, on cloud nine at the moment, thanks to uh, the great Michael Nisa. It's been a good start to the season for the Coomer Stallions and big niece last night as VC taking that hat-trick, nearly had four weeks in four balls. Happy, happy day. So if I'm chipper throughout this podcast, you now know why. Guys, double round special. Chrissy coming up. We're covering round, super coach rounds four and round five. So plenty to get through. Here to do that with me, as always, is former, not former, said that a few times, Cricket Australia commentator, Maxi Bryden. Maxi, how are you, mate? G'day, Timmy. G'day, listeners, mate. Going well. Not as well as you. Um, I'm almost certain we're going to have to switch roles in a second and you're going to have to become the expert and um, I might have to become the host the way you're going, mate. Uh, just need a bit of that luck to to come this way, mate. Uh, I'm just a mild mannered podcast host, here, mate. I just I just work off everything that you tell me. Also joining us for the first time this season, he's been uh, been busy with a few few bit of life admin, we'll call it. But new to the SC Playbook BBL podcast, he's a frequenter in our SC Playbook AFL content. Uh, but it's an absolute super coach gun. He's been consistent for many many years now. So we thought, you know what, we'll give him the call up to the SC Playbook BBL podcast. Charlie Dads, Charlie, how are you, mate? Good, thanks, Tim. Uh, pleasure to be here, as always. Love the uh, the BBL stuff that's going on here, and it's, it's a nice change from the AFL, which is uh, yeah, good to good to have this in the off season. I'm loving it. Good to have you along, mate. And we uh, we're, we're pretty stacked with New South Wales and, and Queensland contributors in our BBL content. Most of those do re- reside from Sydney anyway, so a lot of Sixers fans, mate. You're an Adelaide boy, so a striker. Yeah, love the strikers. City of Churches, uh, it's a beautiful day down here in Adelaide as well. It's like a nice 27, clear blue skies. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah, just for something different, it's rainy in Sydney, but all looks clear for Chrissy, so that's the main thing. Guys, the SC Playbook in-house league, we went back-to-back in the last two years in NRL uh, Supercoach, over 20,000 leagues in that. We're now number one in BBL Supercoach after two rounds. Uh, we are dribblers, but hopefully we're informed dribblers and, and proof that we go half all right at Supercoach. Uh, six-man league, had a few people re- revving us up about only being six-man league, but uh, at the same time, there's only six contributors. So if I went more than that, it wouldn't be the SC Playbook League, would it? So uh, we are basing it obviously on the, on the overall average, uh, and at the moment, top averaging league. So happy days, boys, and let's see if we can keep that up for another 15-odd rounds or however many there are this season. Um Guys, let's touch on our teams. Maxi Bryden, uh, a good first week. Week two regressed a little bit, but uh, not too concerned. No, that's it. Like, we didn't get the captain right in round two. Um, VC'd Agar instead of, it seems like everyone, uh, every man and their dog was on Big Jai. Um, <laughs> so that hurt a little bit and, and just pulled a couple of wrong reins with the trades. Um, I thought I'd get ahead of the pack um, and get rid of one of my Thunders. Um, and unfortunately, um, was was it came down to, to Jilks or Rousseau, um, and I missed out on Rousseau's sort of 80-odd points that he got for the round. So about a 70-point swing there. And then frustratingly, after... Um, 
having sort of big match short energy in round one. Um, <laughs> I got a bit scared by uh, only the, the two overs that he bowled um, and the, the the one over that he bowled um, in, in that first round. And I, I flipped him um, and and I held on to Rashid. Um, and th- again, that was probably about a hundred and ten point swing or something um, there or thereabout. So a uh, bit of a regression, but. Uh, really, really happy with the cash that the team are making at the moment. Got heaps of guys who are still um, increasing in value. My man, Henry Thornton, Adam Zampa, Luke Wood, lots of negative break-evens, Naveed, Bo Webster. I've nailed all my cheapies without having to waste any trades in that space. So um, pretty happy that the long-term uh, we're trending in the right direction. Yeah, nice, man. And that's the thing early on, isn't it? We're, we're all looking at sort of um, cheapies this round. Bo Webster comes to mind as one. Paddy Dooley. But at the same time, if, if you've, A, got them right to start the season, that is so, so vital. But at the same time, if you've got a few of these mid-rangers, right, who are increasing in, in value substantially and there, there is a lot out there, you know, maybe it tends that we can chase the points because the money's already been generated through guys like Jai Richardson and Matty Short. So um, intrigued to see how people are attacking their trades in coming rounds and at the moment. Um, Charlie, you had an absolute monster last week. Hence what we got you on. We thought the timing was good. <laughs> Um, mate, how's the side tracking? Looks good. Yeah, yeah. First week was um, yeah, pretty average. I think I was I was ranked something like one thousand eight hundredth or something, and then yeah, just had a fourteen ninety two, and that that shot me up um a fair way, and and now I'm sitting at one hundred fifty seventh. Um, had Richo VC, which was huge. Had Hardy as a pod, um, which was massive. Um, I had Bancroft in there all day, thinking that he was going to come in and bat three. Uh, lineups came out. I was stressing. Um, didn't know what I was going to do. I was I was panicking. Um, settled on Hardy as, as a bit of a cheaper option, um, and he fully fully delivered. So that was great. And obviously the Thunder Boy is showing up as well. So yeah, it was a good week. Absolutely humming along, mate. I uh, actually had Aaron Hardy in my team as well until the genius speaking to us at the moment, Max Bryden, talked me out of it. Uh, Maxie, what do you have to say for yourself, mate? Because it would have been number one, I reckon, if I had uh, Aaron Hardy on my side. Yeah, look, you seriously wouldn't have been far off, mate. I, I think um, it's a, it's a really, really interesting point, and it's one I'm sort of trying to give a little bit of my thought myself. You know, you know, traditionally when it comes to to BBL Supercoach, we've always targeted particularly like those top three batters, maybe four at a pinch. But I think the way that the power surge um, has just reinvigorated those late Ooh. overs in a game. Plus, you throw in um, a couple of weaker batting sides. Um, you know, in hindsight, the, the fact that the scorchers are a bit thinner um, with the bat than they were this year um, maybe wasn't a shocking, uh, shocking choice. And you know, well, I'm sure we all would have expected him to come in in like the fifth over and and, and face you know 45 plus balls, and of course get those two overs in Hobart. But um, it's unpredictable. But I, some of those guys, number five, number six, and particularly a guy at Sydney Sixers as well, who I'm um, maybe looking at for the round five double. Um, they're, they're going a lot better in the middle order. Charlie, did you did you have a think about that when you brought him in, or was it just sort of the price and the DPP that drew you in? No, I was also uh, there was a lot of coverage on him in preseason as well that he he wanted the Mitch Marsh spot um, as that all rounder. So there was always you know there was something in the back of my head that suggested you know it might be a good play. Um, but yeah, I, I never imagined that it would have turned out like that. With a, I think he got a one fifty six or something. Um, that was yeah huge. The Maxie, the Scorchers lineup and the roles, due to their bowling depth uh, predominantly, it, it just it changes mm. that the final eleven changes the roles of that entire team, doesn't it? So <clears throat> you weren't wrong in what you were saying about Hardy and his role, based on what we saw from round one, but we saw. Peter Hatzoglu come into the the game uh, for the double game week. 
in game two, not even game one. And as a result of that, because they had the extra spinner there, uh, Maddie Kelly dropped out of the lineup the quick. So we saw Hardy pick up a couple of overs. Ashton Turner even had a bit of a bowl. So, you know, like if Maddie Kelly comes in, perhaps a glue, it's obviously very deck dependent whether they go with the extra frontline spinner. It changes everything for, for these sort of guys like Turner and uh, Hardy, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. And I think that the, the, the real factor in the Hatsuglu one over was the fact that um, when he came on to bowl, Darcy Shaw took him to town. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's never good matchup uh, when the left handers um, are batting to the leg spinners. Um, and we, we've, everyone knows that. Um, that's why Ashton Turner got that over, just because he spins it the other way. Um, so it, it could be a thing while. Um, Hardy, we don't sort of have him on that same pedestal as the rest of those bowlers. You know, there are just those little things with Perth that we do know that maybe Hatsuglu can't, might not be as good as we think, and the left hand has put him off, and even potentially Berendorf not bowling after you know like the six yeah. over. Like if he bowls three up front, happy days, you know, he can go sit down. So you know, it's, it's just something to think about, and we're starting to get a little bit more of an idea of um, how these things are all going to play out for each team. Absolutely, mate. <clears throat> Uh, Coombe Stallions into 73rd overall, so a good start to the season. Uh, As I said, Michael Nisa, vice-captain to start round three, so hopefully on track uh, for a good one. My trades, they flipped at the last minute this week. I was all around getting Mark Steckity in, who was solid with 70-odd last night, and I'm very concerned about him in in game two as a non-owner, but he was just that little bit expensive, and I couldn't quite uh, manipulate the trades I wanted to, so... Ended up getting rid of Rousseau, Agar, Faruqi, and Josh Brown. Um, probably, I can't remember if I started with him or brought him in. I must have started with him round one to free up some cash, but cut ties with him early. Could absolutely be a buy again down the track at his price, but um, someone had to go, and, and Josh Brown was that one for me after missing the selection for the Heat. Michael N- Nisa came in, Mitchie Swepson, Mujib, and Bo Webster. Um, Mujib, the idea was just getting ahead of the pack at a good price for the round five double between uh, where the Sixers and the Renegades are both on. By Webster, that rolls too good to, to avoid the neg 35, I think, break even. So cash to be made there. Anyway, that's how the scales are for now. Guys, unlimited group. Code for SC Playbook, 557991. Lord Pope, coached by Tom, is leading the way in fourth overall. So congrats to Tommy Boy. Terrace Crew, coached by Matt, is in ninth overall. So those boys are firing. Uh, jump into that if you haven't already. Put you in the running for a few big prizes, game day, food and drinks packages, and a jersey up for grabs. Uh, subscriber, non-subscriber prizes there. Today's episode, going to have a quick chat at the start about what score to loop with uh, vice captains and your auto emergencies. Really important topic. Don't need to spend too, too long on it, but just get our thoughts there. Uh, we'll take a deep dive into the Renegades and the Sixers who... Uh, on the double game week in round five, we're co- this podcast is obviously coming out before game Supercoach game week four. No teams on the double there, no teams on the bye. Uh, so we will look ahead to the Gator and Sixers. And then we'll, of course, drop our trades and skip a rough plans for round four and five at this stage. Guys, if you're keen on the SC Playbook subscription package and want stacks of extra content across the season, you can subscribe to our BBL package for just $30 for the entire season. $50 for the full package includes the 2023 NRL and AFL seasons, extra as I said, extra articles every round, access to our WhatsApp chats. Uh, as I mentioned, I flipped my trades at the last minute last night. That went straight into the WhatsApp chat, and I know the rest of the contributors do the same there. Um, jump onto our website, find the subscribe tab in our menu if you are interested in that. If not, plenty of free content to go around as well. <clears throat> Guys, let's touch on looping. And 
the beauty, as I've said many a time on this podcast, of putting the podcast plan together and hosting is that whenever I have a question mark on my team, I just make it a topic and then throw it at you boys and we can get to the bottom of it. And I have that exact issue this round in that I have Mujib on my bench uh, and I'm wondering whether or not to loop him. He got smack bang on 50 points. I can play him, which means I would be sitting Adam Zampa or I can play Adam Zampa and hope that he goes better than Mujib's 50. It's just right on the line. So, Max, I'll start with you. And I suppose the question is when you do have your, your auto emergency who has scored well, I know it's very circumstantial. Many different factors come into it each week. But as a rough guide, what's the sort of score that you're looking uh, that you'd take as a loop? Yeah, thanks, Timmy. I think for me, I've always had the number 55 um, in my mind as one that I'm comfortable with. Um, I know that more aggressive coaches might sort of push that up higher, maybe to sort of 65. But I, I always like to think that if you look at the overall averages um, after a season of BBL Supercoach, um, there's only roughly 20-odd players who can average more than 60 consistently um, in the season. So it's it's very, very close, I would say, um, Majib's 50-odd um, to a score that you want to take I think beyond just the score, you also just want to assess the matchup that your player um, is facing. And I think with Zampa, it's a really, really interesting one because firstly, he's a guy in good form. Um, so there is every chance that he could come out, get too far, um, go 60 plus pretty easily. But the thing that I'd be conscious of is um, he's playing a junction oval versus the Perth mm. Scorchers, which is traditionally, you know, it's, it's about as flat um, as the Pacific Highway uh, out there. So <laughs> he, he, he could go the journey um, and there, there could frankly be, be a lot of stars and Scorchers bowlers who are, who are very, very expensive tonight, um, depending on who's who's bowling first. So um, I think numbers-wise for me, 55, um, but always got to assess the matchup and in particular the ground that they're playing at as well. I think one feature that's just been so obvious in these first couple of rounds has just been how much these regional grounds, these non-first-class grounds, favour the bowlers. Um, we saw it in Game 1, um, Brisbane Heat versus Melbourne Renegades up at Kazali in Cairns. We saw it last night at Geelong as well. That was such a good game for the bowlers. So um, if, if that's, a, that's a really, really big factor to play in as well. Yeah, great guide, mate. 55 is the magic number for Maxie Bryden. Uh, Charlie, what about yourself, mate? Does it sit around that, higher, lower? What, what do you think you'd be taking for a loop? Uh, I'll just play the safe game, Tim. So I think, you know, anything 50 or above um, is is good in my books. But as you said, it's, it's completely circumstantial. So um, I'll be looping Lyth uh, and I've got Lynn as well. So I think with Lyth, you know, I'll, I'll take a 50. Um, I'm very happy with that. Lynn at the Gabba, um, he's got experience there, but I don't know. We saw what happened in the test. Um, it's It looks like a bowling deck. So, uh, yeah, look, we'll, we'll play it by year, but I think anything above 50 and, and the magic number, 55 as well. Mm, yeah, and it <clears throat> it comes down as well. It has a big impact whether it's a, in the batting spot or the bowling spot for me. If it's in the batting spot and you've got an AE and it means you can sit someone like just a sole batsman, Alex Hales, Chris Lynn, whoever it might be, you like you take 50 every day of the week. But we know in Supercoach that bowlers score better. So with a Mujib example who I've got up obviously in the bowling ranks, if it's playing someone like Zampu, I think, you know, one or two easy scalps, you know, maybe just a couple of runs or a couple of you know, catch or two, run out even, they can surpass the 50 easily enough. So I think, Maxi, for me, that magic number probably changes. Um, as I said, 50, I would take all day, every day in the batting spot. In the bowling spot, I'm just like 50 for Zams. He can do that. He can do that. And there's upside if he takes a bag. 
Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think like particularly batter spot, we know that's just much more volatile. I think one thing on my team makeup that's just been quite pleasing to see play out is I've now already got four all-rounders up in my batter spot um, between Dan Sams, Luke Wood, Nessa, and Shadab Khan. So that's helping me get that more consistent scoring, a little bit of a higher floor um, than some of those guys. But um, I, I think you're right. But um, look... Zams, I think, is a guy in form. Um, you'd almost want to back. Um, Mudge wasn't far away from a, from a couple more uh, last oh, night. Geez, I Could have, I think it might have been Billings, who he mm. just went past the uh, the hand of the first slip, who I know is another player in your team, um, Timmy. So you would have been uh, riding that one. Um, but yeah, look, maybe maybe you take the punt um, and just hope that he continues his form and um, makes bulk cash as well with his negative break even. Yeah, let's look at vice captain loopholing, <clears throat> mate. Um, and, again, we, we, you should be around by now for this in this podcast, hopefully, but imperative that you vice-captain loop each and every single week. It's not like NRL Supercoach where you need an enormous score to do it. You Most, nearly every week, you, you'll get a, v, a free VC loophole crack. Next week is a great example. When I say next week, round four, there are no teams on the double game week, none on the bye. So it's a really – you're getting two cracks at it, essentially. Um What's your VC loop score, Maxi? And you, you, do you have a magic number for that? And let's let's assume it's in game one they score well enough, um, and your second option would would be one of the best in Supercoach, say a Matt Short or a Jai Richardson. What, what's your number? I think it really depends on how many teams are on the double. And I think that if there's two teams on the double, then you can be a lot more aggressive um, with your VC option and then maybe take like a more circumstantial pick um, for the second one. I think like a perfect example of that last year was that magical round where Ben McDermott um, scored those two centuries. Um, He was on the first game of the double. um, And, you know, even though traditionally you might want to go for a bowler with a little bit of a lower... um, uh, sorry, a higher floor. Um, he was a perfect v op- VC option, knowing that you can sort of put the C on a safer bowling option in the second game. But look, when it comes to um, games like this round in particular, or even um, round four where there's absolutely no teams on the double, um, I-, I would usually take about a 60 or a 70 um, from my captain um, every time. And-, and and that was the thing for me. Mark Steckity last night, perfect with his 70. I think you've got to take that every single day of the week. So yeah, I would say 60 for a VC loop for me is, is-, is something I'm happy to take. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a few questions around, do we loop Steckity 70? Absolutely you do, especially when if you don't take it, you're putting on someone, as you said, on a single game. Like, madness if you don't. Um, Charlie, what about yourself? Yeah, exact same there. Um, I just love having points in the bank, so I'll be taking Steckity's without a doubt. Um, I would have taken him if he got 60. Uh, I think 70 is a great score for him, and and he can go, and he can he can take a couple more wickets in the next game, and and boost that up to above a hundred, which would be uh, definitely a great little VC score. Yep, uh, Maxi. Let's say we've sort of spoken double games. Let's say next week because we essentially this is a, a round four podcast, round four, round five. Mm-hmm. What's your what's your number next week for listeners in that first game, uh, knowing that they only get the one crack, and then their captain would only have one goal as well. Yeah, look, it's a really good question. And I think that it's definitely something I'm going to have to factor in my trades at the, at the moment because I don't have any NPPs um, in my team that I would be able to loop with. So it might be sort of Cooper Connolly season um, coming into season, round four. Maybe. 
Yeah, amen. Look, and I think as well, so looking at round four, Hobart versus Melbourne Renegades down at Blundstone in game one, um, I might look at a Shadab Khan there. Um, and again, I'd be very happy probably lowering um, that down to like a, a 55, I would say, um, as, a, as a skipper will score. I think in these instances, you've always just got to look at the matchups and, and, and target one that you like. Um, just looking at these, Perth versus Adelaide at Optus Stadium, that could be an absolute shootout between the likes of Henry Thornton and Jai Richardson on a flat track that just takes pace. That could be amazing. Um, or you could get really spicy on the last game of the round. City showgrounds, worst pitch in the country, um, and look at Big Daddy Steck um, <laughs> as like a captain option in the last game, you know, potentially with 150 in his destiny, or even your boy Ness as well. Um, so I think I think you can pick a matchup. Um, also, also depends on where your loop is and when you're going to need to make that decision mm. by, which is why that a guy like Cooper Connolly is going to be so perfect given that he's in the third game um, of that round four, which means that um, you could potentially have a look at either Hobart or Melbourne Renegades or the Sixers versus Melbourne Stars, uh, the first two games in round four before you have to make a decision. Yep, love it there, mate. Uh, I, I'm probably a little bit more aggressive in that sense in that if I know I've got a gun coming up afterwards, I'd probably... I'd be wanting 65 plus. Um, you know, if you've got one of the best in the game, like yeah, Short or Rabbit or someone, I, I'd back them to go big. So, again, provided the right circumstances, the right deck, the right opposition, that sort of thing. But I'd be on more towards the 65 70. <clears throat> Boys, let's start our double game week analysis. Now, as I mentioned, not for round four, but for round five, which we're covering as well. Uh, the Melbourne Renegades. Fortunately, the Gades did play last night, so we've learned a little bit more about their their side. And uh, they lined up last night with Sam Harper and Nick Maddinson opening, Fraser McGurk at three, Aaron Finch four, John O'Wells, Big Dre Russ, Akil Hoseen, Will Sutherland, Tom Rogers, Kane Richardson, and Mujib. Um, changes to this lineup to come ahead of round five. Big Dre Russ is leaving after round four. Uh, game round four, game after round four. Round five, we'll see Martin Gottil come in likely for that double, which is significant. So and first and foremost, don't go early on Dre Russ because you know there's people out there that are going to do it. He will be out the back door. Um, Maxi, I suppose, as a general lineup guide, do you see this changing much? Things we should be aware of making our trades ahead of round four and five? Yeah, thanks, Timmy. I think the other one um, that was spoken about in broadcast was also Sean Marsh, who mm. after um, you know his annual calf industry, probably biannual um, at his age, um, he was flagged as uh, returning a- ahead of their next game, um, their round four game as well. So I-, I think the probably the most interesting one here will be what happens with Nick Maddinson. Um, he's been in really good form to start the season. Um, but there's effectively two uh, openers uh, coming straight into the team. So um, I think the guy who's probably going to miss out um, might be Jake Fraser McGurk. Um, I think that um, in the number three spot, he might slot out um, and either Sam Harper will bat three with a Marsh-Maddinson opening combination um, or Marsh will take that three and they'll sort of keep the Harper-Maddinson combination um, up top. Um, for round four. And then when Guptill comes in as well, um, someone's going to have to push down to that middle order and take that sort of number number six role, uh, that number five, six role. Maybe maybe Wells will go to six and um, Maddinson will be at five or Harper will be at five. So um, it, it's a pretty tough one um, to try and figure out that batting order just given the flexibility and the fact that I think everyone's preference is to be openers. But look, the, the way that they've been playing as well, um, I would say that the bowlers are probably going to be the more tasty targets from the gates. 
Big time, mate. Some some really, I mean, there's bottoming out bowlers. We'll get to the bowling lineup in a second. Let's start with the batting lineup. Pretty well through one through to about six or seven. There's no one really there that stands out for you, super coach wise. But mm. at the same time, that does present opportunity. In recent years, where they've been horrific, that the gays, the two from two um, to start the season. Uh, what's that? Two from two, three from three now. Three from three. Obviously, that's more promising. Um, Martin Gupta is one who, who will be particularly, you know, have a keen interest in. Who it, would you be looking to start any of the batsmen in your side? Look, probably not. And I think the reason is that I usually look for either just red hot form that you can't ignore, um, or at least someone who I think um, might bowl or is just presenting value. And I don't really see that um, within this Renegades outfit. Um, Nick Maddinson, I typically like just because from time to time he does roll the arm over, but he's already going to be $173,000 next round, um, having made great cash. Um, Aaron Finch for 140k just doesn't interest me at that price. You know, if he was 105, then um, I'd be happy to take a punt, especially because he just seems to be playing with a lot more patience um, at number four and really just trying to take the innings as deep as possible. You just know um, you're going to get burnt by Maddo and Finch, don't you? If you yeah. don't get them, they'll both turn up. But if you do, they're getting single digits. Yeah, look, absolutely. And it's just not really how I like to coach. Um, dependent on... Um, D- dependent on price and, and what role we see, the, the only one that I could see potentially interesting me would just be Sam Harper, mm. um, just given that he's available in the wicketkeeper spot. Um, and, and so it's a pretty easy one to loop. Um, but but pretty much I, I think I would be avoiding Gade's batters, um, just just not my, my style player. But, of course, someone's going to go out and score the runs. Um, just not sure who. What about yourself, Charlie? Yeah, I'm 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 pretty much the exact same. I think Madison just way too expensive for me to for me to consider. Um, look, same with Finchy, but I do like how steady he looks coming in at four. I think he can just bat the innings out, and look, he might might get a thirty each round, but that adds up to a sixty, which look isn't the worst. Um, I don't mind them, but I I would much prefer to look at the bowlers. Mm, yeah, the only one I, I, again similar, but. Um... Again, like let's get confirmation that he plays the double, and, and I believe he will. But Martin Guptill, um, coming that lineup, one sixty k, really interested in him. The other good thing about him is that I, what is interesting, game one of that round, round five, <clears throat> Sixers versus Renegades, we only get one crack at skippers, and we'll get to that later. But that that's blowing things wide open, which is exciting. Um, yeah, so Guptill, one sixty k. Big price tag, likely maybe, well, I think it's probably his first game coming in, but we know how good that bloke is. He's played on Australian decks plenty of times before, so one that I'll certainly be interested in. Um, on the bowling lineup, now this is where it gets interesting for the Gades boys. Tommy Rogers, one of your favourites, I know, Max. You love him. He's playing like wonderfully well at the moment. Like doesn't get a lot of opportunity with the bat, but he's a really handy batsman as well. And I think we're sort of only scratching the surface. Perhaps maybe not as explosive as Dan Sams by any means, and he's not as good a bat as Dan Sams. But it took a few years to to see the best of of Dan Sams as a batsman, and I still probably don't think we have seen the best of him. But Tommy Rogers, he's got some runs in him as well. Um, Maxi, and, and again, all, all four of the bowlers. Rogers is an option. Kane Richardson. <clears throat> Such a good man out of luck in terms of wickets and super wise. Extremely economical. Every single game he plays, I think his first two overs he went for about one run or something or three mm. runs last night. 
Um, he's going to bottom out and should be in just about every single team. Well, GB Rahm is going to be around uh, 100K as well. Uh, Keel Hosein, who's been terrific and he's batting at number six for them. Max, there's lots of options. Yeah, look, it was a little bit frustrating almost to see how well Rogers went um, last night because he's sort of one of those guys who can sneak under the radar a little bit from time to time. Um, we knew that coming into this side, he'd be bowling death alongside um, Kane Richardson and we thought it might be a really, really attractive role um, that those two could sort of help support each other out and sort of lift each other up um, the same way that Nathan Ellis did for Tom Rogers last year. But look, he's already going to be 171K, should have a nice break, negative break even, or at least a low break even going into the next game, which is attractive. Um, Haseen's the one that's... that's, um, that's largely going to get away blokes going to have made eighty thousand dollars um before uh when round four opens and probably have a nice really negative break even as well um the frustrating thing i guess is that um we looked at the double game and brisbane playing at geelong and thought about the spinners um but I don't think there was probably enough attention paid to their opposition and the fact that the, the Gays possessed two quality ones themselves. Um, so seeing him do his work last night wasn't a surprise. Um, and I would say that he's probably rusted on to be one of the best options as well for that double game week, just given the fact that they're playing at the SCG, um, which traditionally turns, and Geelong once again, which um, is a game is a ground that not only did he play well last night, but he had a fair bit of experience just in those um, World Cup qualifiers for the West Indies playing on that same ground as well a, a handful of times. So um, I, he should be at the top of everyone's shopping list for, for, for round four because um, at the very least between now and then, um, he's going to make another 30-odd K uh, at least. Um, just the only, only unfortunate thing is he's just not around for the season. But also agree on your man, Richo. Um, you can almost wait a week on him. He'll be 148K for round four um, but should still have a pretty big break even to clear. So maybe he's a round five option for sure. We speak about it all the time, Maxie, but you know you just know the name's going to pop up. It always does. Will Sutherland, when Big Dre Rush goes, if Gottil comes in, does Sutherland get four and pick up those extra two overs of Russell? Look, <laughs> <laughs> look, he he might have to. Um, someone's going to, but I think the frustrating thing for him is just um, every opportunity that he's given, particularly with the ball, um, he just never delivers. They'll have to replace um, Russell somehow, um, and even just looking at their squad, they've got they could go either way. They've got other all rounders in um, uh, Jack Prestwich. Um, uh, they've got some quicks in um, uh, Mitch Perry. I'm not sure if Zach Evans is still on the list. Um, lots of options, but look, 47k Sutherland bits and pieces all rounder. Don't get sucked in. Um, even, even even though he's got the um, even though he could have the role. Um, I, I would just avoid. Um, I'd rather have a. I'd rather have an NPR than than Will Sutherland. So it, so at least you can loop. Fifty two k at the moment, batting at number seven, four overs. Will Sutherland. Ooh, we know we're going to be tempted into his side, boys. <laughs> Don't pretend like you won't. I can't wait to get back to this one. Um, Charlie, what about yourself, mate? As we said, it. Uh, Max has given a good uh, synopsis on, on those bowlers and you know, there's a few sort of half all rounders there. Who are the ones that you see coming into your side? And I suppose are there any avoids in from what Max has just said? Yeah, well, I've, I've got here Hossein, a, a must have for the double game week. Um, and I think you've got to get him in round four. Um, that's probably as cheap as he's, as he's going to get for that double game week. Um, you've got to go then and, and look, I also really like the look of Rogers and Richo. Um, particularly Richo, I think, yeah, as Max said, you can wait till round five. That's not a necessity to get him in early. Um, 
aside from that, though, that's, you know, I could be sucked into Sutherland, as you said, Tim. <laughs> it is really appealing. Um, and, look, if you can pinch in with a, you know, a 60 or a 70, I'll happily take that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably Richo, I reckon. He, he's the number one. Or, or Hossein. Yeah, if anyone really just hates themselves, just your three trades next week, lock in Maddo, Finch and Sutherland. Like, what could, Maxie, what could go wrong? Man, just a super quick one as well on Hossein. Um, pending what um, Big Daddy Steck delivers at the Gabba uh, tomorrow night, it could be very tempting to sort of go like for like and, mm. and, and use his value as a very short ladder to Hossein. I would just caution um, that Steckity plays the Sydney Thunder who can't bat <laughs> on a pitch that you can't bat on um, in round four. So um, he could be a, a nice little hold there um, if you can find another path. Um, and look, the, the way that my team's shaping up as well, expecting um, at least Michael Nisa to be a, a hold for one more week pending he's not away with the test squad because he'll have a great negative break even. Um, so maybe maybe Henry Thornton will be my personal path there or, or a rash. Um but, yeah, just something to think about as well because um, I, I think Steckett is potentially a good hold for one more round. Yeah, no, really good foresight there, mate. And, and I mean, on Hossein, like, there's one thing I know about Supercoach, it's that you've got to swallow your pride. And when you when you miss the price rises on blokes and you say, oh, you know, I have to pay 80 k more for them, whatever it might be, uh, it achieves nothing because if they've gone up in that fight, they're there for a reason. They're scoring points for a reason. And if you don't own them, they're probably going to continue to score points for that reason. So uh, if you do like them, don't let the, the price getting away concern you getting in. I'm not saying you have to, but don't let uh, so don't let your pride deter you from getting them in. Boys, where are we up to, Mark? Yeah, so we'll, get, we'll get to our exact targets on those when we get to our trades very shortly. Uh, but firstly, Paddy and George from Mortgage Choice SCW on deck for the big bash season. Absolute legends of fellas, Paddy and George. They cover everything you need to know from how to begin your journey into the housing market to finding a better home loan rate to refinancing to let yourself fork out on a vintage V900 Pro. The Michael Clark Wonder Bat used to have his little Aussie flag on it. One of my first cricket bats, not quite the V900 Pro. My older brother, he had the V900 Pro, worth a little bit more. I had the V900 Select. One of my favourite bats of all time. Stung 150 bucks at the time. It was sensational. Might have been my first bat that upgraded from a cashmere willow to an English willow cricket bat. I loved it. Held on to actually might even still be in the backyard in a in a bush somewhere, but geez, I love that V nine hundred Pro. Anyway, moving on. Guys, if you're sitting here listening and considering buying a house, but like ninety nine percent of first home buyers are thinking, where in the world would you start? Blokes like Patty and George, uh, they know it all inside and out. They'll get you on the right path. The best thing is it won't cost you a dime because you listen to this podcast. Uh, it'll save you about 150 bucks on a consultation with the special code SC Playbook for a free numbers console. Contact them via Instagram at Pat and George Mortgage Choice, all one word, or on 02-9521-1611. Does not matter where you are in Australia, give the boys a call or a message. Wonderful, they're wonderful supporters of us. So if SC Playbook gives you a bit of enjoyment and insight, support us by supporting them. Boys, Sydney Sixers time. Uh, now Paddy and George know their numbers inside and out. Maxie Bryden knows the Sydney Sixers inside out and back the front. Um, now, bear with me while I get that team lineup in. It probably won't even matter because Maxie's so far around it. But, um, boys, a, a slower start to the season for the Sixers. 
and they will play tonight. We'll learn a little bit more about their lineup, but it is one of the more settled lineups in the Big Bash uh, tournament. So they have a really good Supercoach draw as well, and there's there's blokes that we can target. I think probably long term. So we'll go. Bear with me, getting the team up here. Internet's carrying on like a pork chop. Um, so the team lineup for their their previous game started with Curtis Patterson, Josh Philippi at the top, James Vince, Moe Enriquez, Jordan Silk, Dan Christian. Uh, getting deeper, Hayden Kerr at seven, Sean Abbott, Jackson Byrne, Naveen Al-Huck, Israel Huck, Naveed. Maxi, start with you, mate. Rolls, overview, who do you like? Changes, uh, I suppose the one thing to touch on, Chris Jordan, uh, the big English quick. We expect he has landed in Sydney. Um, slow, missed the start of the tournament due to injury. He's expected to be here until I think about round eight or nine before he goes overseas for a, a T20 tournament. He, I suppose, what will Jordan's impact be and how do you see this lineup? Yeah, thanks, Timmy. Um, I think that the, the, the Sixers have got a lot of depth um, in their bowlers, so I wouldn't be surprised if there were changes from last match. first one I would expect would be uh, Jackson Bird, unfortunately, took three far, um, but a bit of an Optus Stadium specialist, and I think that they'll want a second spinner um, for their SCG game tonight against the Hobart Hurricanes. So I see... Um, uh, Stephen O'Keefe coming into the lineup to replace him. Um, but Chris Jordan, I, I think he could have a really positive impact on this Sixers lineup. Um, at the moment, they're just really struggling uh, with their surge bowling um, and their death bowling. I think Sean Abbott conceded 28 uh, off his surge over in the last game against Perth Scorchers. Um, Charlie's mate, uh, Aaron Hardy, really took him to task. Um, and in the match before, I think he's, he might have conceded um, about 16 or, uh, or so you know, in that. Um, it's just not a role that he's great at, and I think that it's one that um, Chris Jordan can sort of take on his shoulders uh, and, and have a really positive impact for um, for the club. Uh, at the moment, they just look like a team who's short of confidence and short of runs, and it's no surprise really just given how poorly the season started for just about every single person at Cricket New South Wales. Um, and the only real shame has been that the only guy who showed any form in pre-season, Dan Hughes, can't even crack uh, yeah. the starting eleven, which is um, a, a little bit odd. Um, but look, he he might get his opportunity tonight. Um, for if Curtis, Pat, like I said, could happen tonight. But if yeah. Curtis Patson doesn't get runs tonight, Hughes has to come in, doesn't he? I would have thought so. Um, and, and then the only question just becomes about role. Just given that they've they've liked using Hughes at a number four um, for the last couple of seasons in T Twenty cricket, even though he does open um, in every other format. So, look, we'll have to see. But um, the 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 two guys I think you can sort of set your watch to in that bowling lineup at the moment. One of them's pretty obvious in Sean Abbott, um, yeah. but I think that the the youngster, the Afghan um, uh, Navid, has has definitely cemented his spot. Um, he was a really interesting one prior to round one that. Um, as we mentioned on the pod last week, um, you don't often hear the Sixers wrapping young guys. They sort of like to um, give them a, a bit of bit of a bit of space and and not sort of pump their tires too much. But all of the word coming out of Sixers camp um, prior to that first week was was exceptionally positive. Um, and he's come out with back to back sixties, got a nice negative break even of thirty five. Um, it only cost him ninety one k, and I think he's he's sewn into that best eleven, um, particularly. Given that Stephen O'Keefe's a bit older and um, and, and a little bit injury prone um, at, at times, I think he's now the number one spinner, which is which is really really promising for the time being. So um, he's someone that I think you should target, and you can target um, even this round with a boost, or definitely next round um, round four if you still want to get in with his cheap. Um, 
Uh, apart from that, uh, a, a bit of interest for me in, in Hayden Kerr. I think we're seeing the... Only a bit. Yeah, look, uh, I, don't, I don't... His bowling has been a little bit ordinary so far to start the season and another guy who just wasn't in amazing form prior to coming into the season. But I think we're just seeing more and more the value. Same conversation we had earlier about those sort of number six batters that... Like, number seven, they're getting plenty of opportunities. Like we saw it last night. Michael Nisa came in, uh, I think it was in the 15th over. So yeah. he could have had potentially, you know, 15 balls. Um you know, to, to add to his score. And we saw Hayden Kerr do that last game as well where he scored 40 from uh, forty from 30. So these number sevens are getting lots of opportunity. So he'll he'll definitely be one to target for me. Um, and, and and really one big watch for me is just really on the break-evens of Josh Phillippe. Um, he's at the moment 145K, break-even of 104. Um, it could be a uh, straight swap from a Sam Billings um, or, or any sort of uh, Matt Renshaws or high-priced bats from, from the Brisbane Heat um, in round four. So huge watch on me. Um, love for him to show some form, but like more than anything, I just love for him to get a bit of a support because he's really played a bit of a lone hand um, out there with the Sixers with the bat so far uh, this tournament. Josh Phillippe, oh, I'm so glad. I, to be fair, I was never keen on him at all, but 50% ownership to start round one at that big price tag and He's had a couple of flops, a very fortunate because you know how big he can be, but he's going to be so cheap. Mm. He flops again tonight in round three, uh, really, really cheap. So get ready to pounce on him for the 50% who don't own him round four or five. Um, but pending break even and how he goes tonight, I'll probably just jump on round four because it's been it's a scary watch not owning him. Charlie, what about yourself, mate? This uh, Sixers lineup, a few appealing options. Who takes your eye? Yeah, I'm with you guys on Felipe. I've, I've got here is the number one option um, for this double game week. 159 and a, and a 153 in his last two against the Stars, which is absolutely massive. So I don't think you can really look anywhere else with that. Um, just lock him in and, and, and get him in your side. Um, look, you could play the, the break-even game with Silky. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it's I know it's low. Mm-hmm. Um just not convinced about his scoring longevity, I think, as a, a sole batter. He's batting at, at six, I think, or five. Um, would probably prefer to look elsewhere. Um, same as Sean Abbott, you know, he's, he's you've got to pay top dollar for him. He'll come back down. He'll, he'll be a bit cheaper um, come round five. Um, and if Jackson Bird plays, you know, he provides a lot of value with a 93 in his last game. Um, I think there's a lot of directions that you could go. Um, Kerr as well. <coughs> Uh, but for me, definitely, I'll be targeting Felipe, and if I can afford him, Sean Abbott. Yeah, I think it's, I think a sneaky little pot option um, could actually be Stephen O'Keefe um, ahead of their double. You did want to wait until the start of round five, just given his injury history and the fact that you know he could hurt himself getting out of bed in the morning, walking to the fridge. Um, but look, we know that he's going to be playing on two grounds that he loves um, and, and, and bowls very well on um, that takes spin. Um, SCG, he's a special for, for a two for nothing, um, two for not very many at all. Um, and then coming into Geelong, he could have that Haseen game uh, that we saw last night with like a sneaky three-far. Um, just burgling wickets in the power play um, and really setting up the sixes, hopefully for like a season turnaround or something like that. So he's not cheap. He's about 163K. Um, but look, keep an eye on him. Um, and if he looks good at the SCG tonight, I, I think his price will keep most away. Uh, but I'd say that if he's fit, his job security should be fine for those both games where I expect the sixes to want to play two spinners. Um, mm. So just, just one to sort of keep in the back of the mind. 
For me, so Josh Philippi will be coming in, uh, whether it's round four or five, not too sure at this stage. Hayden Kerr, I'm quite confident on it. The only way I'd miss out on him will be that price tag if I just can't really squeeze him in because I'm absolutely going to be locking in Sean Abbott into my side. Few reservations around him for you boys, I suppose, namely being that price, but he'll be coming into my side and more than likely he's going to be my skipper as well. So um, they're probably my big three. And then the other one just to touch on, more so from a price factor, but boys, James Vince at 86K at the moment uh, very, very cheap, break even at 58. So if he flops tonight, you know he could be sub 80K for a bloke who we know. We've seen before, belt out tons, not super coach tons, BBL tons. So you know, back-to-back there a couple of years in big games, finals games. So if we can get Vincey there, especially, you know, maybe he can be your loop option uh, in round one, I don't know. But uh, Max, he's one who, I don't know if he'll fly under the radar, but he could be so cheap. Yeah, and I think that um, there's always cheap batters available. You know, Max Bryant this round would have tempted a few, as would have Jake Weatherald um, earlier in the season. Um, but the thing that just separates James Vince there is like just his class. Um, we know at some point he's going to string together a couple of scores in a row. Um, it's just a matter of time. I mean, bloke led the run scoring um, in the um, Vitality Blast over in England this year. Um, he, he's 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 as skilled as they come. I, I think the other one to keep an eye on would be Chris Jordan. Um, just knowing that 125k for a death bowler is like pretty pretty good value. Um, most were very comfortable paying up for Steck at 170k for the Heat double this round. So um, you, you will find a little bit of value there for a guy who um, was had a big hand in um, his country winning the T20 World Cup bowling that role um, only a couple of months ago. Good wrap of the Sixers, boys, <clears throat> there. Um, guys, if you like your fantasy sport and your punting, they've come together in the form of draft stars. Pick a team, allotted salary cap, watch your side flip up and down the rankings with every single ball. Best thing, pays back hundreds of places. So while you can win those big jackpots, uh, you can also double or you triple your money by finishing like 400th, depending on how many people are in it. Um, guys, play up themselves. They provide competitive odds, the best custom service in Australia, the outstanding client managers, and they're an Australian-operated bookie. So we love that. Uh, I've spoken about it plenty before, but tonight's game, uh, I like from the Hurricanes. Shadab Khan is $16,800. Really, really good price. One of the best roles in Supercoach, one of the best roles in Draft Stars. So honestly, just lock him into your team, you mate, if you don't. Darcy Short is 19200 So almost three grand more than Shadab. For a bloke who's not bowling, and to me, he's not batting that well either. Got a few runs last start, but uh, not real keen on Darcy at the moment, at least not till Shadab actually leaves and he might get more of a trundle, but not for now. So I'll be avoiding Darcy Short. If you are keen to play it, obviously we want them to know that SC Playbook sent you. To do that, jump into the article on our website, Holding the Podcast. On the homepage, there's a link there. You can click it to the sign-up page. There's also a QR code you can scan if that's easier. A little bit annoying, but... Hopefully worth it for us anyway. Um, guys, 18 plus only and gamble responsibly. Thank you. Uh, boys, round four or five trade plans. Now, um, obviously, putting it out there early that there's a lot of time to pass between rounds four and five. So we won't say our out yet because they're so dependent on, on the next few games and what can change. But who are your six major trade targets? We'll start um, with you, Maxi, and then... Give us your trade targets and then your skippers for both round four and round five. So heading into round four, 
the people that I'm looking to trade out from my team, the first would be Sam Billings. Um, and I'm hoping that I can go like to like to Josh Philippi, um, which would be one trade. Um, the other trade out would be probably Luke Wood. Um, I'm not sure who I will target with that. It might be a value option like a James Vince. Uh, and then my final try- trade will either be Rashid Khan or Henry Thornton to Hossein. So um, targeting three guys for the upcoming double, um, you know, one value pick, um, one keeper pick, and, and then hopefully that wicket keeper will then give me Jilks, Inglis, and Philippi to, to keep for almost the, the rest of the season um, and just, hop, just run a loop. Um, between them. Um, the, the week later for the double, uh, I'm probably going to wait another week, but I would imagine in round five, um, Kane Richardson will be one target. Um, and another target could be Hayden Kerr and then Sean Abbott as well. So pr- three times sixes for me in round five, um, particularly just knowing off their draw uh, that they are, they've got another double game week in round eight. Um, so they make pretty good trade targets as well. And I'd hope by then, after two games at the SCG, the guys will have a little bit of form. Yeah, I completely forgot to allude to this earlier, guys, but when you were putting your trade-out targets and you sort of dropped Rashid Khan there, um, my apologies, but the Adelaide Strikers and the Hobart Hurricanes are on the bye in round five, um, hence obviously the looking towards moving them out of your side. Um, Maxi, your skippers for round four and then round five. I said round four, there's no buys or double game week, so a real free crack at it essentially. Uh, and then I touched on round five with the Sixers and the Gades on the double. They play each other in game one, so that VC choice like enormous yeah absolutely so I'm, I'm thinking that my vc in round four will be shadab khan um, from game one with hobart versus the melbourne renegades um, if he does really well i'll boost to get cooper Connolly potentially from adam zampa which would just be a trade that would bank me about 120k or odd which would be um very handy funds well i'm actually and i've asked this before but i'm still not seeing it why why Connolly over Cam Green? I know 20K, but is 20K that much in the grand scheme of things when they're both dual? You know, they're, they're the same team, so there's no scheduling um, benefits to going one or the other. And then Cam Green, if he does come back after the Test Series, which you'd like to think there's every chance, he's going to be one of the most bought players in Supercoach. Yeah, look, you're not wrong. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit sort of circumspect that he will come back and play just given that he's played a lot of cricket already this this year he had the t20 world cup he's had two as the india before that he's had he'll have five test matches after this albeit you know if they keep going for two days then that's sort of good signs yeah, no, that's that's a good point as well. And look, it maybe um, it's certainly something to think about. I'm I'm a bit more of a tight ass, so I think that that 20k could come in <laughs> handy at some point. But look, if it is a matter of that, I can do like a serious downgrade. Um, then you know, 20k won't make a difference. I think as well, just on the downgrade front, it's worth noting that. Um, there's going to be some serious money-making options later in the season. The big one will be, I think, about round nine or ten when we get um, Ruana Kelapotha from the Melbourne Renegades um, come in in place of Hussein and Majib for 42K. Um, yeah. Everyone will be on there and you're probably going to be making bulk sheets off that, um, which is really going to help with those end of seasons. But, yeah, look, it's a good shout and, um, I mean, that's why you're the guru. Yeah, but, well, I mean, it's, it's a, again, a great, great shout on your own behalf in that, more money to be made down the track with incoming uh, internationals there. Uh, mate, I think you gave us round four skippers. Do you give us round five skippers or not? Yeah, so yeah, round four will be VC, Shadab, um, and then the the skipper, I'm 
probably have a look at Jai um, if Shadab fails, just because I love the role. Like that 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 surge over that he bowled to um, Jimmy Neesham was just mm. out of control, absolutely filthy stuff. Um, <laughs> round five, when it comes to skippers, I think I will have a look at Hossein, um, unless we see something really, really um, amazing out of Josh Philippi and he looks like the form guy um, and the guy to sort of tip in. Um, but Hossein looks like... Um, you know, batting seven, bowling is four, um, looks on fire, just so full of confidence at the moment. So um, could be a nice one to back in for for round five. And, yeah, it's a really good shout-out that the two teams on the double play each other so you don't really get those two bites at the cherry. Um, VC him. There's plenty of teams on the buy as well. Um, and then if you do need a skipper, I mean, again, probably turn to Jai versus the Melbourne Stars. A little bit of that brittle top order. So he's every chance of a bag, um, yeah, when, when those two sides face each other. Love it, mate. Um, Charlie, you've got the hot hand at the moment. You're firing. What are your trades and skippers looking like for round four and five at this stage? Yeah, trades-wise, I haven't quite done the calculations yet, but I'll be hoping to get rid of uh, Life, Swepson, and probably Hardy uh, in round four. So I keep Steckity for for that uh, that round four matchup, which will be very nice. And then in round five, get rid of Steckity, uh, get rid of Lynn and get rid of Rashid Khan. Um, in place of Hossein, Felipe, uh, Sean Abbott, I'll try and get, um, you know, maybe Kerr uh, and then also probably Cam Green just to have that VC loop uh, on the bench. That'd be really nice. And then, yeah, speaking of VCs, round four, I'm looking at Jai Richardson um, and then captain will probably be Dan Sands. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably won't score very well at the showgrounds, but I'm hoping he takes a couple of wickets. Uh, that'd be nice. And then round five, VC will be Hossein, like like Maxi, and yeah, Captain Jai Richardson as well against the Stars. Um, mate, yeah, off air, you're you're a little bit a little bit nervous about Sean Abbott at the price, but you now all of a sudden you're looking at trading him in. Have I, have I turned you, or what's changed, mate? Oh, a little bit. I just, I think, yeah. Obviously, he's got a high break even, so it will come down a bit. And and you made a point of telling me that, so that just that didn't come into my my thinking at all. But um, now that it has, I, I think he he does look a much better option um, if he can get down to you know the one seventies instead of the the high two hundreds that he is now. Uh, well, I think he's two hundred and five. Um, I think yeah. If I was bringing him in now, I think that's a uh, too expensive. Uh, just play the waiting game on him though, and hope he comes down. Where are just- you, Maxie? Are you? You willing to pay up for him if he if he doesn't drop as much as we hope? I think so. I think he's just the guy that um, can just hurt you too much if you don't own. And I, I think what I like about um, Sean Abbott is when he's not playing with Jackson Bird, it means that he's taking that role bowling the swing overs up front, where he takes a huge amount of wickets. Um, it also means his economy rate is going to be a little bit lower than when he's bowling, um, particularly those surge and, and death overs. So um, I'm hoping that the death the death bowlers from here on will be um, Chris Jordan, um, Naveen from Afghanistan, and maybe even Hayden Kerr or Dan Christian. Um, and then we can get back to those Sabers, you know, three for 24s and um, those beautiful, beautiful scores, chipping with a few sixes as well at the end. So, um, yeah, I, I'm backing him to come good. Yeah. Um, my trade targets Abbott a, a bit like uh, oh, we'll get to that in a sec actually Sean Abbott Josh Philippi Jai Richardson they will all 100% be coming in and then uh, I'll be tossing up it'll be very salary cap dependent and you know you, you rattle these blokes off and you're like oh they're all 180k yeah it looks great in theory but it's just not possible but um, Hoseen and then it may be a case of Guptill v Jordan but 
Again, big prices. So we'll see who we can flip. Um, Kerr and I don't have Stoin. I sold him after round one. So I can downgrade to Stoin. I'm very keen to get back in and free up some cash. So that'll help. Uh, and, and I dare say, looking at my targets, that I'm going to have to flip someone. It sounds dangerous, but if Matty Short gets to like 300K, um, I'm semi-tempted just to cut him and just bank a lot of cash to buy all these guns because I think that could be a big, big move. So someone like a short to Stoinis, I mean, what, off the top of the, uh, the old melon, that could potentially free up about 250K, maybe not quite that mm. much, but a lot of money. So eyeing off something along those lines. Round four skippers, uh, a bit like Jai Richardson last round, the confidence in him just being an elite of Supercoach. It's the same as Sean Abbott, boys. He's been so prudent year after year. Um, what you mentioned about uh, when Jackson Bird's out of the side there, actually that gives me even more faith in him. So VC, Sean Abbott, probably Dan Sams uh, as skipper. And then round five, VC, Kane Richardson or Abbott. I think it'll be Sean Abbott, I'll be honest. Uh, and then should uh, that not prevail, um, to be honest, with the double game, I'll probably just stick by him, but maybe a Dan Sam. So uh, it's all around Sean Abbott for me, boys. Fellas, let's wrap that one up for the SC Pable BBL Round 4 N5 podcast. Maxi, wonderful as always. Thanks, Timmy. Absolute pleasure. I uh, hope the listeners are having as much fun this season as I am. Um, really in love pumping out the content and um, all the chat in the WhatsApp group. So hope they uh, hope they like the pod. And uh, Charlie, strong debut for the BBL team, mate. Well done. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Tim. Uh, yeah, pleasure as always, being on the pod, um, even more of a pleasure being on the BBL pod. Mm. The good news about getting Charlie on board is there probably about you know, 25-odd people that contribute for SC Playbook across NRL, AFL, cricket. He could be the, the only good-looking bloke on the entire team. So we'll get him doing as many reels as we can on Instagram for you guys. So tune into that. Uh, guys, thank you for listening and good luck over round four and five. Enjoy Christmas and we will be back before New Year for another podcast. Cheers.